This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by us. Go over to runeatdrink.net and click on support the show. Pick up some great swag from our online store. Support your favorite Runcation podcast. Help keep the lights on and help us continue to accomplish, explore, and indulge with you. Hi, I'm Jeff Galloway, and you're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 88 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I am your host, Amy. And I am your co-host, Dana. Welcome to the show. Happy Thanksgiving this week. Yeah, um, by the time this show drops in the feed, it will only be, I think, like two days out from Turkey Day. Mm. It's, I, I've think it would be like the premier holiday for our show oh how so well i mean it's thanksgiving and yes you know there's historical significance to the holiday however it's famous for turkey trots everywhere and then eating and drinking a lot. That is true. I guess by you know the the modern not drinking a lot. You know what I mean. Well, the, depending on how how the you know the events of the family dinner go, there may be a lot of drinking involved. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. But it, yeah, I guess you're right. It it really is a holiday in the modern incarnation that has all of the components of our show. That is true. Kind of built in. Yeah. So, yeah, lots to look forward to. So. Um, I know I'm looking forward to it. If um, I yes. posted it on my personal Facebook feed this week. If you haven't already done so, it's probably time to remove your frozen turkey <laughs> from the freezer and put it in your fridge to defrost if you're planning on cooking on Thursday. Yes. So do that. If, in case, if you're the person who needed to hear that, you're welcome. <laughs> you're so helpful it's my public service announcement you that's the psa so helpful today on the show you are right our theme is giving thanks and we'll be talking about why we give thanks for what running has brought into our lives and why we give thanks for the holiday traditional meal and beverages that we get to indulge and explore this week. Yeah, uh, and talk a little bit about the the things that not, not only that we're thankful for, but we that we personally do and kind of share with the audience a little bit of a yeah. peek inside our holiday here in our family. Yeah, but first, you know, we have something to celebrate, and if we had a little bit of music and we had like a little graduation cap <laughs> you know where we could move the tassel from one side of the cap to the other i would be doing that 
with you right now. Yes. 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 On Friday. A little pomp I, and circumstance for yes. you. Um, on Friday, I graduated from physical therapy. So as everybody who's been listening to the show for the last, oh goodness, it's been 16 weeks. Yeah. So wow. you've been li- listening in the last four months. You've gotten to hear little bits and pieces of my journey from getting my knee scoped back to being able to run. And on Friday, and, and I've been in physical therapy at least twice a week, every mm-hmm. week, um, yeah. since July 10th. Very dedicated. So Friday, my, my therapist graduated me, and the last session with my therapist was just a torture session. I, I used to joke, <laughs> I actually had two physical therapists over the last 16 weeks. Uh, the first, Liliana, kind of got me going. She was doing kind of the baseline stuff, making sure I was able to do you know balance work and kind of assessing where I was at in terms of my level of fitness and what would need to be done. Mm. She had to go out of country. So Kristen Kaufman took over for me and, or took over my case. And just, I, I called her on more than one occasion, like concentrated evil Really? Oh my gosh! I, you called her that to her face? Absolutely, I you did. You never told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of a running joke. I mean, and I, I do mean it in jest. She was fantastic, but she absolutely just beat my butt for the forty-five minutes each time I would go there, mm. and it was absolutely worth it. I mean, I I've went from being able to walk but feeling a lot of weakness mm-hmm. in that knee yeah. to being released a few weeks ago to run as much as I was able to do so on my own. And then just the last couple of speed work sessions I've done here at home, mm. I've been getting back into the real swing doing things like three miles. I would do the first mile at a five second run, 55 second walk, mm. second mile at a 1050 and the third mile at a 1545 yeah. getting negative splits in my miles and feeling really good. My heart rate recovering very quickly. Nice. No pain in my knee. Um, you know, I'm, I'm aware of it. You know, I know that I, it's not the way it used to be, but I think that's me getting used to the baseline of, of my new normal. Mm. But I have uh, Kristen and Liliana to thank for all of that and the folks over at uh, the Orthopedic Surgery Center that thank took care you. of me. So you know, from the doctor and the team of the medical professionals there mm. that, that did the surgery to... Lillian and Kristen and everybody, you're fantastic. And uh, can't thank you enough, and I hope I never see you again. Dr. Pfeiffer, thank you so much for taking care of my man. And to your physical therapists, I appreciate you beyond words, so thank you. I did tell them I'd come back and and see them on a non-professional basis. I I don't want to ever be on the, you know, be a client again. Right. So, and and they understood that. Yeah. It was all in good fun. And yes. uh, so that was good. So yes, um, celebrating that, that was very, very nice thing. Yay. But, uh, so yeah, I mentioned that I did some running. Um, I've been, I've been doing my training runs in the evenings because my new work schedule has me going to work at 4.30 a.m. Uh-huh. There's a limit to how early I'm willing to get up to get a run in. You are not a morning person then? <laughs> 
You say that like you don't know. <laughs> like the I don't know. I do. I really do. <laughs> but there's there's a there's a limit. I will do a one thirty or two thirty wake up for a Disney race. I am not doing that in not the normal course of my life. Basis. Yeah. No. So it's been evening runs, which has been nice. Yeah. Because we've been experiencing the dead of Florida winter here, which has been basically fifty six degrees. Love it. Oh, the change in the weather here. For the low. I love it. I know there are probably people out there cursing us, as I say, it was 56 for the low, and that's the dead of our winter here. But it's, again, it's all relative to where you're, you're, that's true. you're at. And for us, it's been chilly but nice yes. and great for running. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And I know that our northern friends and those who listen to us who are experiencing the dead of winter, much worse winter, that that post pictures of their runs on Facebook that and they have like the hat, the beanie, and like the it's snowing the in places already. And the gloves and all the jackets and things, you know. We applaud and salute you because on the other end of the spectrum, when it's really hot and humid and those challenging runs for us here in Florida, we we know that you all have a challenge in the winter and we applaud you because this is the height of training season for a lot of people with upcoming races. Yeah. I, you know, I'm starting to understand why too. I think that at least for us, maybe we should consider starting our training now and then (laughs) running in the spring because that's starting our training in the summer here in Florida is for the birds. Doesn't it make us stronger? Well, it doesn't kill us, so I guess by default, then it does make us stronger. Yeah. But it is, so I've been doing the evening races, probably probably low 60s yes. when I'm running. How about you? Now, you've been it's doing nice. mornings. It's a little bit colder in the morning when I take the dogs out and then I hit the road. Mm-hmm. It is maybe 10 degrees cooler than what you're experiencing at night. Okay. And it's still dark outside with the time change. It's getting lighter sooner, but I'm. it's still dark for me because I got to get up early, get it done, and get out the door to drive to work. Right. The commute. So it, it's been nice. Very nice. And I've been getting speed work in and uh, cadence drills and acceleration gliders. And I know you have a big distance run coming up. Uh-huh. Uh, either this weekend or next beginning of next week you're on yeah you're you're pushing past the half marathon distance to push that wall out yes um again for those of you that are new to the run eat drink podcast we do the jeff galloway method of run walk run and jeff is very big on you do two days a week of short runs that that build up your speed and then one day a week of distance running and he's a believer that your wall you know when you hear about the proverbial wall you Mm. hit is the distance of your longest run that you've run the last three three weeks weeks prior to the race and he's a big believer in pushing beyond the distance of your race that you are training for so you don't hit the wall and it's worked for us in the past it has it has so I'm going to see if I can't push past that in addition to doing those drills that'll help my turnover be quick or quicker yeah. so that I can achieve my goals. Yeah. So our next big race coming up, of course, we've, we've talked about it is the, is the Jeff Galloway, but, and that's a half, a 5k and a half. And we'll talk more about that in a minute, Mm. 
but your upcoming long run is going to be like 19. So you're going to be way past that wall. Like you're going to be super comfortable come race day. I hope so. And that's a great race. Yeah. But, but ahead of that. Well, it's Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving. And do you know Week. in our history, we have never done a turkey trot. No? We've never done one. I've worked one. I've worked one. Mm-hmm. But I've never run one. I've never I guess run you're one. right. We've never done one. That is amazing. <laughs> is that because we haven't had the day off together? Well, it could be that we haven't had the day off together or just traveling to see family or just the way that the Thanksgiving dinner's scheduled and the sure. cooking and the prepping and we've never made time for it. Oh, welcome our dogs to the show. Yeah. Buck and Danny, <laughs> you're going to hear them in the background. You know that. Yep. So <laughs> So this year we are going to get the turkey trot in. Yes, we're going to do one in Fort Myers. And that is going to be just a 5K? I, yeah. See, see I'm I, asking these questions, and I, I know it probably sounds to you guys like, oh, Dana, you know what you're doing. No, I don't. I just show up and run where she tells me to run. He's curious about what I have planned for yeah. us on Thursday. I, I, I don't know what we're doing. I'm just yeah. going to get there, and you know, when they say go, I'm going to run with the rest of the people. As far as I understand it, it's a 5K. Okay. Yeah. So it's at Fort Myers. It's at Hertz Arena. And so we will see how that plays out. And it's put on by an organization called Elite Events. So okay. We'll see what happens. Now, this one uh, out by Hertz Arena, that mm. is, that, Hertz Arena is an indoor concert venue. Yeah, but we're going to be running and, outside. And it's where the, yeah, and it's. As far as I understand Where the uh, um, Florida Everblades play. Yeah. So you know, we'll be outside. It's yeah. I should, that should be interesting. We'll we'll take some photos and video. We'll do quick we'll bites, kind of sharing what our our turkey trot um, experience is like. Yeah. But but that's but that is really a training race because it's a yeah, training week for us. It is kind of because our next big race that I alluded to is well, this is a mouthful. You just you say it. Okay. I, it is called. The Northside Hospital Orthopedic Institute Half Marathon, powered by Jeff Galloway. And if you have, again, followed us, if you've been listening for a while, you know that every December we head up to Atlanta and we run Jeff Galloway's Half Marathon and Barb Galloway's 5K called the Double G. This year, I guess he's partnered with Northside Hospital, so the title of the race has changed. Yes, but... He is still there at the finish from everything we've read. Barb will be at the finish of her 5K. Well, he told us when we yes. interviewed him at, uh, at Wine and Dine. Yes, but it's also plastered all over his website, jeffgalloway.com. That's what's coming up for us, and we cannot yeah. wait to bring it to you. And that is how many days away? Like 18 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. So yeah. it's coming up really quick. I'm excited. And I've got some travel uh, in between. I'm going to be doing some traveling to Virginia um, in the area outside of Newport News mm. the week before. So I'll actually be putting to the test some stuff that 
listeners have shared with us over the last couple of years about training while traveling. Oh, nice. And trying to get my run in, whether I'm going to be doing it outside or inside will depend on the weather. Yes, that's Virginia. So it's going to be a little bit different than Florida. Well, I've been looking at the online um, weather forecast and really beyond five days it's all just unicorn numbers i know you don't really completely meaningless so we'll see how that's going to go but i'm going to be bringing some some live updates and letting people know how the training is going from the road too yeah so how's it going have you found cool places to run or do you have to hit the treadmill that kind of thing well i'm hoping hoping that i can at least post a picture that somewhat competes with rob's photos that he shares oh my god Gosh. In our Runcation Nation Facebook group. That guy. He, Rob has the best pictures Rob of Nadeau. places he's running while he's out trucking and traveling and out, out west. You see the world. I am so jealous of his races and or run, it, runs I sometimes. Mean, Arizona out there. I mean, just gorgeous. Some vistas, some venues that he has had. The privilege to run. Awesome. So I'm hoping I can find some scenery while I'm there. Yeah. Post some pictures. Let's I will. see if we can get you like to that Rob Nadal status. See if I can get to the, if I can get on his level. Mm-hmm. Get on the level. <laughs> get on the level while you're gone, buddy. So that's what's coming up for us for the yeah. running portion. So we've been doing some training and we got some stuff coming up. This, this time of year, fall, is my favorite time of year. And I love... Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. It's always been my favorite holiday all my life, even before we started to run and do the show. And I just can't help but think at this time of year about all the wonderful things that running has brought into our lives and that we're thankful for. And especially, especially thinking about at this time, at this holiday. And I think right now would be a perfect time to share some of the things that we're, we're thankful for related to running. I mean, it's the Runny Drink Podcast, and we are talking about the running. This is the running segment of our show. Yes. So, Dana, when you think of running... And our history of running or, you know, this year. What are the things that you're thankful for when it comes to that? Well, um, I've talked about it a little bit in the past. And, you know, we've been going now for, this is year three for us Mm. doing this. But um, really seriously working on health, my, my health and fitness and weight loss for two years. Yes. And well, I think what I'm most thankful for is getting some of that back. You know, when yeah. I think back to my, my time in high school and college, I was 175 pounds and I had a little bit of blood in my testosterone stream. Of course, as we get older, things change. Yes. Ooh. But they do. You know, what, what I, I don't or haven't really talked about a lot is, you know, what prompted me was it a year ago or two years ago when we started our plant-based eating? Coming up in April will be two years. Two years, I think. Yes. So what I, what I haven't really got into a lot is I 
let my weight creep up. I was in a pretty high high pressure job in my at my employer mm. or high pressure position. Yeah. And I you know, high stress, you stress eat, you have an office job, you you know, whatever, you know, things get get away from you and I let my weight creep up to at that time I got up my highest was 308 pounds. And there was a time one afternoon I drove myself to the hospital yeah. because I just wasn't feeling right. And I, there's no really better way I could describe it than that. I felt off and I was basically able to hear my blood. You know, when you can hear your blood, that's a clue. And I, I drove myself to the hospital and said, Hey, you know, could you check me out? And doctors were like, sure. And they hooked me up and they said, Hey, you're going to hang out with us for a little while. And uh, long story short, they ended up getting my, my blood pressure corrected in the short term and then mm. said, you know, you really need to go see your doctor and, and get this worked out. So I did. I got myself back to my, my general practitioner on a very regular basis. He probably sees me more than he'd care to because he's like, I'll see you in six months. I said, how about three? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted more data. You know, more data is better. And um, it's taken a while you know but I'm you know, down 70 pounds which is incredible and I wanted to be down a little further than where I'm at now but with the four months of rehabbing the knee and all of that you know I, I kind of wanted to focus on doing that than trying to overdo it and maybe extend my recovery so mm. you know kind of held fast where I, where I was and now I'm looking to kind of kick it into overdrive a little bit as I head into my that two-year anniversary of starting this yeah and coming up on the two-year anniversary means I go back for my my biannual physical at work which oh. is kind of where this all started or yeah. around the time this all started yeah. so I'll complete that circle mm. so that's my goal but you know what what I'm thankful for is that Running has enabled me to do that. Uh, of course, diet helps, but you know, running is my outlet. It's the the where I get most of my exercise. It's where I get some of that time to zone out from work to not mm. think about whatever might be you know stressing me from work. And yeah, um, so that's that's a big part. You know, is, is one thing that I'm thankful for is is getting some of that that health and fitness back and getting back to where I needed to be. The evolution that I've watched you go through has been incredible because that was a scary moment for me when you drove yourself to the ER, you know, I just, I think that we started running to do something together as a couple. Mm -hmm. And then we started the show because we wanted to share all the, great race and running experiences that we have had so others could know about it so we could build a community so that we would know where to go to accomplish to explore to indulge like we say and also something to to address the part the running segment that's sometimes overlooked everybody likes to celebrate that person or the people that are really fast and cross you know cross the finish line yeah in the front and a lot of people who've paid that exact same entry fee get forgotten about. And we don't forget because we are a part of that back of the pack. We have a t-shirt on our website that says, I'm not slow on the front. And on the back, it says, 
I'm making the most of my race entry fee. And that couldn't be more true for us. Yeah. Now, you have gotten faster over the last couple of years. Well, I think it's a gradual process. I don't think you ever want to rush your training and get faster at the cost of hurting yourself. No, no, no. Or injury or... Anything like that. Yeah. No, and that and not what I meant at all. I was just saying, you know, like like we're back of the Packers. I mean yeah. I mean, are we are we usually the last people to cross the finish line? Not by a long shot. But I mean there have been races. There have been well, sure, especially when you were nursing your IT band or, or when you actually were nursing your you ran on a torn meniscus for a year. For a year and when I twisted my ankle at Jeff's race. Well yeah. Yeah, that's when you have an on-course, like, major injury. And then you just want to push through. But, yeah. So that, but, you know, are we back to the Packers? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And I embrace that, and I'm proud of that, because I think I have so much inspiration from the Olympians and the elite runners that I see, but I have... Just as much and maybe different sources of inspiration from those who communicate with us on social media and who we read about and who we listen to that complete the races mid-pack, back of the pack, who run to inspire others and to honor others. Well, we get to see a lot of that at uh, Donna. Yeah, met, I mean, we met a, a woman who was incredibly inspirational at Gasparilla a couple of years ago, and yes. she was running with, I believe that she was running with Parkinson's. Uh, yes, and she was you know, again. Were her miles any less less? Worthy of celebration because no. she was at the back of the pack. I would argue more. absolutely not, you know, more, I mean, much more so. I just, people who are. Or just as much, I should say. Who are overcoming tragedy and adversity that we see, who are honoring loved ones. Those, those people are inspiring in a different way as compared to the inspiration that we get watching Olympians and we're inspired by elite runners. So. I just feel like running has brought to our lives an experience where we can bond and we can forge bonds with others like Andy from the Bouncy Hunters. Yeah. Um, a breast cancer survivor herself. Mm. And one of the fastest people we know. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's she, a machine. So, I mean... Being able to go to races like Donna and meeting people like her and like Donna Deegan, the namesake the for the race. Absolutely. And to have started running and be friends and to be coached by somebody named Jeff Galloway. That's amazing. And, you know, it's also been nice... Running and doing the show has, has given us an opportunity to meet some really cool people yeah. along the way and some some bigger names in running as well. I mean, 
you, you now <sighs> when Meb Kafleski sees you, he calls you by name. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is cool. He and, knows our podcast is called Red. And, which is so funny because, you know, runners like Meb and, and Marco Cicetto as these, these, you know, household names. And then what you realize is, you know, a lot of people who don't follow running would have no idea who you're talking about. But to us, they're like rock stars. They are. They, Shalane Flanagan watching her win New York a couple of years ago. I But being able to meet people like Meb at Gasparilla and to be able to talk to him face to face and bring that to our podcast audience and to see people like Bart Yasso and Marco Cicetto speak at the Anchorage Run Fest. Yeah. And to see parts of the world that I wouldn't normally have a chance to see with you and experience those. You know, you talked about Rob's pictures and where he gets to run, but because we run, Running has brought to us the ability to travel to places like Alaska, California, Kentucky. Yeah. And to meet not only runners, but people who are working so hard to make their dreams come true, like Marcos from Poppy's Restaurant or... Just... We have met some absolutely amazing people who... By no measure you would call celebrities, you know, no. uh, but they're just amazing people. Marcos being one of them. Yes. Um, yeah. I, it, 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 it's opened up, rela- it's created relationships yeah. that we wouldn't have had otherwise. I mean, there, there are brewers and bartenders we've met who just take such pride in their jobs and have inspired us creating their own cocktails, you know, just it. We've met such great people and been inspired so much by runners that are our heroes and runners that are right there alongside us at the back of the pack. Who are also our heroes. And people who, contribute and share our show and and listen in and and make us feel like we're contributing to their long runs and their commutes and and they it's just so many things that running has brought to my life that I am thankful for yeah we would we would be recording this and putting it on a website for us (laughs) anyway and the fact that we have, you know, a few thousand people a month that like to listen. and That's amazing. That is something we didn't, never anticipated. So. So humbling. You know, that's humbling. That's awesome. You guys are awesome. We, we have no idea. And, you know, that's, I like to say that's the reason that we do it. But, I mean, that's kind of the by, a byproduct. I think it's just. You know, I think we've kind of figured out that there's other people like us that, yeah, you know, they like running and they like travel and there's a way to kind of marry the two. And we've kind of fit, stumbled onto that, which I think is great. And, mm. and you know, that's what we joke about the runcation nation, you know, and yeah. but that's, but that's it. It's like find some like-minded people and people that are adventurous and, and also like really cool food and drink and 
we've gotten such great recommendations. And again, they're just the, the connections that never would have happened otherwise. Right. Is what I think is what it's all about. And I think that couples who run together and achieve those goals together are also very lucky to, to strengthen their bond together. Like, like us, I feel like. Yeah. We have done I, that. I think so too. So very grateful for the health that it's brought, for the community that it's brought, for the show. And yeah, at this time of year, I think about that a lot. But we also want to know what's running brought into your life that you're thankful for. Because we, we kind of want to keep these great feelings going right it's, around, even after Thanksgiving. Even after Thanksgiving is over and you're on the leftovers and then we're on to December and that mad, busy rush of the holiday season, we still want these feelings to carry over n- into next week and, and beyond. So what are you thankful for that running has brought into your life? We would love to share those things on next week's show. So if you will, reach out to us and leave a one-minute message with your name, where you're from, and what you're thankful for that running has brought into your life. And you can do that by recording an audio comment and emailing it to us at info at runeatdrink.net. That's info, I-N-F-O, at runeatdrink.net. Or... Call us at 941-677-2733. That's 941-677-2733. Just call the number, leave us a voicemail, make it about a minute, tell us who you are, where you're from, and share your story with us about, you know, what running has brought to your life. We would love to share that with the rest of the Runcation Nation. Yeah, let's all feel good, especially heading into higher mileage, higher training runs that may be challenging. And if you're going to be out there on the road running off that Thanksgiving dinner, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be a long run this week. So, okay. hel- or yeah, help us out. Let's get some content and help each other uh, Inspiring power content. through and inspire them to push on to that long run. Yeah. So... That's the running segment of today's show. Let's yes. talk about some food because really Thanksgiving, we start oh. thinking about that bountiful table setting For and sure. the cornucopia and the turkey and the stuffing and all of the good stuff that goes along with it. We want to talk about Thanksgiving favorites. Oh, yes. And I have a few. And it, that's different for everybody. Yeah. But, um, you know, of course, there's always the staples in the, the traditional American Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. turkey and dressing and, and all that. But everybody, you know, has like a particular thing. Yes. So we're going to share a few of ours and then hopefully get some from you guys for next yeah. week's show. So why don't you start us out, Aim? Okay. Well, for as long as I can remember growing up, Actually, it's not the turkey that is the star of my Thanksgiving, but it is the sides that are made 
from recipes carried on through generation and generation and generation in my family. So every Thanksgiving, my mother would make her potato salad. And it's just amazing. It, I can remember being in the kitchen as a kid and watching her chop up the potatoes, the onion, add the pickle relish and eggs and, and the mayo and the mustard. It was a, like a traditional yellow potato salad. Mm-hmm. But I can remember that yellow bowl. There was a humongous yellow bowl that she would put everything in and kind of mix everything together. I think if you're a child of the oh. 70s or 80s, every parent bet, had that yellow bowl. You probably know what it looks like without me even posting a picture of it. But I that when I have those flavors now, it just takes me back to some great memories with the family and sitting down to the table and talking about what we're thankful for in life and my sister she makes killer mashed potatoes that I just love and who knew what makes it killer who knew you know I would think traditionally mashed potatoes you have potatoes salt pepper butter and mash them mash them and you're done my sister adds Cream cheese. Ooh. Cream cheese. I've had these mashed potatoes. Oh. They, they are ridiculous. I good. can't. I mean, oh, they're so good. <laughs> so just by themselves. But, man, you put some gravy over top of that. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. And I just, that they, they are so tasty. And, yes, I know it's potato salad and mashed potatoes. But my my father also made his own cornbread. And then out of that homemade cornbread, stuffing. And I know there's a big debate, like, do you call it stuffing or do you call it dressing? If you stuff it inside the bird. Then it's stuffing. Then it's stuffing. But if you make it outside the bird. It's dressing. It's dressing. If, it's, if, if it doesn't come out of the bird when you eat it, then dressing Mm, right that's my big debate i know but he just i mean he it's a labor of love and there's some sausage in there some apple in there oh some is golden raisins i can can attest this this dressing is the most intricate thing i've ever seen it starts with that cornbread base He's adding in the, the the Jimmy Dean sage flavored breakfast sausage. sausage. He's adding in the the diced up green apples. He's adding in oh. the golden raisins. So you've got that sweet, the meaty, the savory. It is so good. He I will say this. He has some of the best dressing I've ever had. It's period. It's so great. And I've never seen anything like it. And mm-hmm. my and and I'm going to get to my favorites, which is going to include a dressing that is made in my family. Oh yeah! But your dad's is ridiculous. So good. Ridiculous. Oh my gosh! And I just, I mean, ah, uh, and the it's even better on day two 
when you have it on a sandwich with All turkey. And, and I know, I know, I know. But those are the things that make me think of home and Thanksgiving. And I know that that's a whole lot of sides, but that he also makes a sweet potato souffle, which is amazing. So sweet potato and condensed milk, uh, that walnuts. M- walnuts, the marshmallow top, I cinnamon, pumpkin pie spices, so good. Yeah, I think the the secret to your dad's sweet potato souffle is that condensed milk. It's in great. There. It that. makes it so velvety and mm-hmm. sweet and delicious. So. Yes, I fully admit sides are where it's at for me. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you consider the sweet potato souffle a dessert. I think it's a side. <sighs> or maybe I, a second generation side, a second plate side. Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah. you could argue that that sweet potato souffle could be a, a, a dessert. Because it's sweeter. Because it is sweeter, but... I, I think that most people, if they're doing sweet potatoes as a dessert, they're doing sweet potato pie. Oh, true enough. And there's no quest yeah. there with what your dad's doing with that souffle. That is true. What about your favorites? <sighs> well, growing up in Florida, and both of my parents being from the Deep South, we were certainly no strangers to having chicken quite a lot throughout the year. But really, the only time of year we ever prepared turkey was at thanksgiving did your family do a deep fried turkey no 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 that's get that out of here that, okay that's that's blasphemy i'm just asking no you roast a turkey i mean now that I, i'd say that in all jest i love deep fried turkey but mm-hmm. that was just not a thing growing up in the 70s and 80s right it just wasn't a thing you did it once or twice and that that was fine by me. Uh, my my mom was a stay at home mother. She very much embraced the whole. Um, I call it the Betty Crocker lifestyle. She she <laughs> you know, was always clipping uh, recipes and and taking recipes from from magazines or cookbooks and then taking her and putting her own spin on them. We have a her collection of of recipes here in our bookcase. That you know, she's got handwritten notes on stuff that she cut out, ways she ways that she changed things. Mm. But I, I loved the turkey because we got the chance to make. Um, and this is going to sound so weird, and I, I, that's fine. <laughs> Bring, send in your judgy emails. I'm ready. Doesn't matter. We would do a big bird for three people because it was just me, my mom, and my dad growing up. My sister was older; she lived on her own. Now, big family Thanksgiving at my grandmother's would have 25, 30 people, and we'd have certain dishes over there. But ours at home, my big emphasis was the turkey because for two or three days after or four or five, depending on how big the bird was (laughs) that year, I got to make, and this is going to sound weird, I got to make turkey sandwiches on White bread, Wonder Bread. Hey, I love Wonder Bread. And they were the simplest thing. It was turkey, mayonnaise, and then I'd put a layer of corn chips on it. 
Corn chips? I thought you were going to say cranberry sauce. As a kid, I wasn't built. <laughs> as an adult. Because he hasn't told me about this yet. No, no. As an adult, I love that whole, put the whole, put the whole plate of. In a sandwich. Uh, in a sandwich. Yeah. As a kid, I was not into mixing flavors like that. Okay. So, but I did like that. But you mix corn well, chips? Well, I would very often. With the turkey? As a kid, I would get corn chips, as, you know, a few corn chips as a side or whatever, and I'd put them on my sandwich. Oh. So. That was a, a thing that I started doing as a kid, and it carried all the way through. I mean, I, I'll do it today. And in fact, when we were at uh, Bobby Flay's restaurant in Las Vegas a couple of years ago, oh yeah, you know, he has an option to crunchify the burger. I'm like, no kidding, sign me up. So yeah, I crunchified my turkey san my leftover turkey sandwich before Bobby Flay ever did. So, so thanks, Bobby Flay. Yeah. Though that was really good. Or I like to think that maybe I inspired Bobby Flay. Just saying, but it was. Fan that that for me was was the epitome of Thanksgiving was getting to do turkey sandwiches for a few days afterwards and mm. then for for three or four days and then it went away and I we didn't have turkey again for the rest of the year. Not at Christmas. No. Okay. Not a thing. Okay. In my house. Okay. My mom would do a, a roast beef. A roast beef, not a ham. Not a ham. God. She would occasionally do a ham. I, I, I take that back. Because ham was, is big at Christmas time for us. She would occasionally do you know. a ham. As I got older, we would do a honey-baked ham, mm. and then she would do a roast beef. Ah. And she had a whole special thing of with the roast beef and actually making a crust out of oh. garlic powder, salt, oh pepper, and the blood. from oh. from And make a paste, and that would actually, oh. she would smear that paste on the roast beef and then roast it in there, and it would be a perfect medium rare. Oh, my goodness. It was ridiculous, but... Anyway, back to Thanksgiving. Right, right, right. <laughs> so um, that was there. At my grandmother's, and my grandmother was the glue that held our family, an extended family together. So when she was alive, 25 and 30 person Christmases and Thanksgiving party. were the norm. Yeah. And you've been to her house. Yeah. That's not a house built for 25 or 30 people. No. So we would have all the cousins... All their kids, everybody over there. But you couldn't hardly move. You you really couldn't. And there was food at the table. There was food in the kitchen. You were going out back in the backyard to eat, you know, and just, you know, having a great time with family. Yeah. My grandmother's dressing. Yes. Was an elusive recipe that my mother and her sister attempted to recapture over the years and mm. never really were successful. Aww. at doing but every now and then my grandmother would do a variant on her dressing or i'm sorry her stuffing because she would flat out do it as putting it in the bird oh and she and so when i, I always i always laugh when i hear stories about you shouldn't make stuffing you're going to kill your family with salmonella because I don't think that's ever happened. It's like that's right up there with people who've died from eating cookie dough. I just don't think it's ever happened. But the um, she would do it. Now we're probably going to get emails about how it's happened. No, it did happen, and here's the article. He doesn't care. No. The, the thing that she would do was she made a variant on, on a bread-based stuffing, heavily seasoned with sage, mm. but also with oysters. Ooh. Which is a very traditional when you get into the the actual original 
Thanksgiving dinner was actually probably more seafood than mm. turkey. Mm. And the, the oyster dressing was a thing. Yeah. And uh, in my house and I'm, I'm a fan of oysters as you know. Oh yeah. And I, right that, there with you. That was just uh, something that was very different. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I, you don't hear about a lot of people doing it. No, anymore. you don't actually. So I think that's one of those things that's kind of fallen out of vogue. You think over the years? Oh, yeah. There are probably some people out there that still do it. I'm sure there are, but I don't, th- I don't think that that's the norm. Because I think with, when you create, family traditions it's you want to recreate them as you get older it's nostalgic yeah i when when we were first married and having thanksgiving and kind of splitting time between my family and yours i'm gonna tell you and i know she made it at christmas too love the macaroni and cheese from your mom oh yeah Oh yeah, and we've got that recipe. And I'm like, it's not, it's it's not like the, I don't know, Velveeta kind of liquidy macaroni and cheese. It is the crispy top. The man, the the cheese is affixed to the noodle. It's a deep casserole. It is stick to your ribs. So good. Yeah, all the cheeses, and I just love that crispy cheese kind of oh, yeah. situation in macaroni and cheese. So, yeah. Mm. So that's mine. Great traditions as far as food goes. Can't wait to have some of them this year. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to do the the oyster dressing this year, but uh, we'll we'll have some of these that we've talked about. Yeah. But the question is, what are you guys going to have right at Thanksgiving, and where is it at for you at Thanksgiving? What's the thing that that trips that nostalgia switch? Tell us about it. We'd like to hear the thing that you really got to have at Thanksgiving. Tell us info at runeatdrink.net or 941-677-2733. Share it with us so that we can share it with the Runcation Nation on the next episode. Yeah. Ideas for holidays in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So this week we do not have a sponsor from like a big national name, like some of our previous ones, like Warby Parker or Pure Creative Apparel or Hilton Hotels, and they've all been fantastic partners. And we thank them. And we do. But this week, this episode is brought to you by us, and we're asking you guys, if you like what you're hearing, head on over to runeatdrink.net and click on support the show. Head over to the store and pick up a piece of swag, whether it's a bar key, a keychain, or a t-shirt, any item that you buy that shows your support for the Runcation Nation and the Running Drink Podcast helps keep the lights on, helps us pay the, the hosting bills and the bandwidth and, you know, for socking away a little bit for the next trip that we're going to take to bring you that race from across the country. Yes, please go to runeatdrink.net and click on support the show. And this is all merchandise that has been designed in partnership with our friends over at Pure Creative Apparel. It is the highest quality stuff that we could get. These guys are doing fantastic swag for us. We have some. We love it. We make sure that we like it and that we're ready to stand behind it before we put it on the store. And we've worked really hard with them to bring you some of the best stuff. So head on over. 
grab some swag, support the show. We'd really appreciate it. Yes. Runeatdrink.net. All this talking has made me thirsty. Has it now? Yes. Well, we have a, I have a solution for that. What should we do? We should talk about our favorite holiday beverages that we have here at uh, Thanksgiving. Yes, because they're, just as there are tried and true foods and beverages we have had over the years as we've been growing up and newly married and starting some of our own traditions, we have found new ones. Yes. We'll start with a new one. Uh, yeah. Uh, this was something that we discovered. We were watching Food Network one day, mm. and we were watching uh, one of Bobby Flay's many shows. And I think he, it was like a Thanksgiving special. Thanksgiving or a holiday special, but something, something about this recipe kind of spoke to me, and oh. we were like, oh, that looks amazing. Let's just do it. And he had something called a Spanish Cranberry Sparkling Martini. Yes. Describe this. Oh, my goodness. Can I tell you? The Spanish part comes from cava. Which is? So it's bubbly. Ooh. It's bubbly, but it's not overly sweet. It's not like Prosecco or Moscato or a really sweet kind of bubbly. Okay. It's... But it's not dry like a brood either. No, it's somewhere in between. Okay. You know, so I just, I really like it. I just really do. But that is you, you kind of finish the cocktail with that. So I'm oh, yeah. kind of jumping ahead, I guess. No, that's fine. But that's the part that really kind of jumps out at you. Yeah, because it's called the Spanish Cranberry Sparkling Martini. So it is. I was going to talk about the base because oh. you always have me make the base. Well, yes, you make the base. So, and you make the base when I'm normally at work and then all of a sudden all of this hard work is done and you are there it's cranberries. Well, it's it's an orange cranberry vodka. Yeah, there's vodka, there's orange, there's cranberry, there's sugar. Uh, yeah, it's really simple. It's you make a simple syrup, one part sugar, one part water, bring to a boil. Mm. Really simple. Once it's while that's boiling, add in a, a bag of cranberries, mm. zest an orange, and squeeze in the juice. And no. then I as once the cranberries pop, mm -hmm. they're done. So and you just let that sit, cool off a little bit, and then you add a bottle of vodka. And so, how long do you normally let that? Kind of, I don't want to say marinade. Steep. Steep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I call it steeping because there's two ways you can like go tea. about this. You can, you can just let it sit and you can do, let it sit for 10, 20 minutes or whatever. And then you can strain it and you take the liquid out and then it gives you this nice pink, beautifully sweetened vodka, uh, orange, orange cranberry vodka. Or you can be a little more adventurous and you can have the what I call the crudo version, where you don't strain it, and that way you actually have it with the burst cranberries and the pulp and the the zest from the orange in the liquid, floating in the liquid. I think when we saw it, he strained it, did he not? I believe so. Because he ended up having it in a martini glass. Yes. All that, but... Yeah. So I, and, and I believe you're right because I think he did some candied cranberries as a garnish. Oh, yeah. 
So Classy. I went a little bit different. And, and the reason he strains it is because if you get really, depending on the batch of cranberries you get, you get some that have a really high amount of pectin in the cranberry. Mm. You can actually create an alcoholic uh, cranberry sauce basically or it's alcoholic like a, uh, uh, jello shots so sure. it's uh it, it's that's the reason for straining it but if you do that we've actually packaged this up uh for christmas gifts in uh, mason, mason jars. jars with some of the cranberries floating in the bottom our relatives think this is fantastic and it's not a bad idea for a gift it's because it is and you take that as your base for the cocktail, and then you top it with a little bit of that sparkling kava. Oh, it's so good. I mean, you have... The, the kava is like the salt and pepper of the cocktail, mm -hmm. you know? It brightens it up. It brightens it up, and it brings out the orange, the cranberry, and the, the vodka flavor is not overwhelming, although... This packs a punch. It well, it does because uh, again, you're not you're not adding a ton of that simple syrup to that vodka, so it's not like it's super diluted. Mm -hmm. So it's still going to be, I think, over thirty percent ABV. I don't know. So it, that, I just drink it. You know, normal vodka is 40 percent. So you're, this is going to okay. be under forty. But still pretty potent. But it's got a nice sweet flavor. You know, when you've made that simple syrup and you've added the cranberries and the orange in there, mm. the flavors is out of this world. I love it. And we're going to have a link to the original recipe. Yep. Yeah. In the show notes. Yes. Uh, so we're not taking credit. We love Bobby no. Flay and what he does. And this has become a household staple. Yes. Of ours. Every year. Every year. So that's a new one. Yes. There's one more. And this one is for once the weather starts to cool off a little more. And some sometimes here in Florida, our Thanksgiving gets a little cooler. It's mm -hmm. like it's starting to now. Yes. And sometimes you can't wait. You just want to get something that's nice and cozy that you're drinking. And this is something that I make in the slow cooker. I love that about this. It's mulled wine. And there's a ton of recipes out there for mulled wine. It's yeah, done a hundred different ways. Yeah, they vary. I think it's regional. There's some regional differences with the types of, of spices that people add. And I think also the type of wine that you choose. It's a, re it's a red wine base. Yes. That And we have discovered a barrel-aged... Oh, Stav and Steel or Stave and Steel. We have found this barrel yeah. aged uh, red wine mm -hmm. that is absolutely fantastic. Very oaky, mm. um, very rich. It's so a, good. A, a medium to heavy bodied red wine. And that is the base. Basically putting the a couple of bottles of that wine into mm -hmm. a slow cooker. Yep. And then it's adding the mulling spices that mm -hmm. you would want to add. And for us, it's things like whole cinnamon sticks, mm -hmm. whole cloves, uh, cloves, um, 
I tend to leave out the star anise. I'm not a huge fan of the licorice flavor. Right. Um, but I do like allspice. Mm-hmm. I do like nutmeg, and I'll put a whole nutmeg mm-hmm. in there as opposed to grinding it up. Right. And, of course, a little bit of orange where I'll actually split the orange, juice the orange into the into the wine, um, zest. Yep. Do the orange zest, so the zest is going right in there. And a little bit of sugar. And then I make a simple syrup. Again, one part sugar, one part water, equal parts. Mm-hmm. Bring to a boil, add yep. that in, and then you just let that go in the slow cooker. Yeah, and you can smell it throughout the house. Yeah, that get, that gets on, on low heat probably for two hours. And just let it go. And actually, I put the entire, I mentioned the orange. I'll squeeze the orange in there and I'll just drop the orange in. Yeah. And and let that there. Because then what I'll do is I'll let, as as it's kind of steeping in mm. the wine, mm. I'll use those har- orange halves to basically scoop out the cloves, the cinnamon sticks, yeah. and the the particulates in the from the uh, orange zest. Yeah, so you don't use like a cheesecloth and wrap everything together. You right? could. But you could. You absolutely could. You I, could. I just, I, I don't really find it to be uh, problematic. Like, uh, I no. don't get I don't get any weird textures on the palate from doing it this way. Or like any remnants of the spices or. No, I, I once I pour it off into a container, I usually leave the, the bottom. Like there is some, some sediment on the bottom of the slow cooker. I just leave it there so we don't have to worry about it. Right. So it's but, it's delightful. But it smells like the holidays in the <sighs> house when you're making the mulled wine. And to have it warm. And if you don't want to go to all that trouble, so good. you can, around this time of year, you'll start to find it. it a lot yeah. of grocery stores, you'll just see boxes of mulling spice. Mm-hmm. And that'll have ground versions, finely ground versions of these spices along with sugar. Mm-hmm. And you basically put a couple of bottles of wine in your slow cooker, dump this... It looks like a the little box of milk that you would get when you were a yeah. kid at school. Yeah. But it's got powdered mulling spice in it. And just dump that in your in your wine and stir it up and let it cook. And you can do it that way. It's super yeah. easy. So there's we we'll link to a recipe, but you can do it however you want because, you know, it's your holiday. Absolutely. Say thank you in any way you want. And these two drinks here, make them, share them with somebody that you care about. Yeah. And, you know, talk about the things that you're thankful for over Absolutely. one of these comforting cocktails. Yes, they're incredibly comforting and delightful, delicious. Highly recommended. Well... We've gotten so into the holidays. We've gone a little bit long this week, oh. certainly shorter than last week's episode. And, and we appreciate everybody that stuck with us last week uh, with the longer episodes. We were covering that race. And thank you yeah. for sticking with us this week. We're just feeling grateful. Yeah. So we are hopeful that you've enjoyed our episode this week and that you are going to have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Wherever you are at. Happy Thanksgiving. If you celebrate. And we are looking forward to sharing the things that you are thankful for, sharing the things that running has brought to your life, and sharing some of your favorite holiday dishes on next week's episode. Yes. Don't forget, leave us a one-minute message with your name, where you're from, and 
what your favorite is or what you're thankful for at info at runeatdrink.net or 941-677-2733. That's 941-677-2733 or email us at info at runeatdrink.net. Happy Thanksgiving and good luck at all your turkey trots, your half marathons, your races, your long runs, your training runs. And thank you for taking us on your commute and your training runs. We will talk to you very soon. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink Pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.